go. Here we go on another episode. I regret. I regret. I regret. I regret opening this episode that way. Um, hello. 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 Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Radnorock, the podcast that is so rad it will destroy your world. That's what Ragnarok is. You know what Ragnarok is? Not 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 just the Thor movie, but like the actual event in Norse mythology. Um, it's the doom of the gods. It's where they all die. <laughs> it's where all the gods meet their end and it's over. Norse mythology ceases to be. I think that's like maybe 30%, right? Maybe less. Um, so I kind of, I tried to play off that. I tried to play off that and I don't, I don't think it worked as well as I hoped it would. Uh, this, if you read the description is another episode or uh, the episode type, the episode type is we're back. We're back in the Skeleton Crew Fight Club, which I'm 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 just kind of defaulting to at this point. I I still very much enjoy doing the other like the watch alongs and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. These these are just these these are doing it for me. These are doing it for me right now. Hopefully they're doing it for you. Let me know. Let me know if they're doing it for you in the comments, email, what whatever. Whatever, however, whenever, wherever. I don't, I don't know any more words to that Shakira song. Uh, yeah, hopefully you're digging it too. The, the views. Well, not the views. The uh, downloads. The download numbers are going up. Uh, so that's positive. That seems like people folks out there are, are, are enjoying this. Um, maybe, maybe I should take more of a look at like what episodes are specifically being downloaded because they very well could be the, uh, uh, watch alongs and I'm just not paying close enough attention, but that'd be so weird. That'd be so weird if these, you know, episode types go up and people are listening to the other stuff newly. You know what I mean? I think it's this. I think, I think some people, I think a lot of people out there, uh, enjoy the fight club episodes. I do. And I'm going to keep going with them. I'm going to keep going with them. And that's just that. I don't need to explain myself. Okay, except I kind of do. I kind of need to explain myself in a way. By the way, I'm really digging today's setup. Like, if you're watching this, I look over here because that's where my monitor is. So I can see what you're seeing over here. And I'm digging it. <sighs> last episode, last episode, not so much. The layout, I rushed it. I don't know. My hair was down. I just, I got lazy. I got lazy, maybe. Or I think I more got frustrated with setting up. And it showed. 
it reflected. It reflected poorly, and I apologize if anyone was offended by how it looked. Now, if anyone was offended by the things I said, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't apologize for that. Um, however, however, I I've I've come to be made aware of something about myself lately. And throughout my life, I, I have taken great, great pride in not caring. And by that, I mean not caring about the nonsense of the world. And I, I, I really feel like maybe this is why last episode felt the way that it did to me. Um, I've, I've been tricked into caring. I got tricked into caring more, more than I should. There are things I care about. There are things I believe in. There, there are opinions I have and hold. And I am steadfast in all of those. However, uh, I don't want to obsess over it. So how, how, how this came to be for me uh, as of late was my wife and I got into talking about just stuff in the world. Now, more than me, my wife really doesn't care. She really doesn't care about politics, about like social, you know, the social climate. She cares about uh, our family, her work, and uh, Disney stuff. And it's, it's, you know, what I love about her. She's not, she's not a, um, you know, <clears throat> one of the, one of the kind of people out there that deeply annoy me. Uh, however, I've become, I, I, I think I started slipping into becoming the kind of person that deeply annoys me. Uh, she and I got to talking about, I don't know. I just kind of rant to her or more at her about, a lot of the things I end up ranting about on this podcast. And uh, it's a big, big benefit for me to do this podcast because I, I can, I can um, avoid doing that to her, which I'm sure she appreciates. And it just, it came to a head because my wife will not care about nonsense and the social climate until until they start coming for something she loves. And when they start coming after something she loves, then she starts, she, she develops or she, she always has an opinion, but she, she, she becomes more outspoken about it. And it's what triggered her, uh, into caring a little bit more or sharing a little bit more with me was they started coming after target. <laughs> So my, my wife stays out of politics until they come after target. And once they come after target, she, she, she's involved. So <laughs> as of recently, and again, skeleton crew fight club, this is the podcast. This is the Radnor rock podcast type that exists in the prime timeline. Everything else. I like to keep evergreen where you can listen to it 300 years from now and it'll feel like it exists within 
you know, it, it, they're timeless. I don't reference anything going on in the real world. I, I keep it focused in whatever topic it is, and that's it. So they remain fresh. However, this episode type, I do, I do talk about what's going on in the world to a degree uh, in real time. And recently, we are, we are in the precipice of, of June. And to most of you out there, uh, June is Pride Month. And it's, it's Pride Month for me as well, but it's Pride Month for me in a different way. Uh, June is also Portuguese Heritage Month, and that's the Pride Month, that's the Pride I celebrate and live and, you know, exude through the month of June. Um, I don't fit, personally, I don't fit under the LGBT uh, Q A to S I, I don't know. I don't know. LGBTQ is really as far as I can get confidently. It's like pie. Like how many, how many digits of pie can you get to before you drop off? Uh, I can't get many. So it's very similar in that way, actually. Uh, so target, has become has come under fire uh, as of late. Eh, is under fire the right terminology? It might not be. Uh, basically, they started. They were going into Pride season with all of their Pride centric gear at the front of the store. So as soon as you walk in, boom, it hits you. Uh, I. I take personal offense because they're only they're only doing one side of Pride Month. Like you walk in, you don't see anything Portuguese in there, and I find that I find that offensive. Uh, it's okay. Target is lusophobic, and that's that's fine. Lusophobic, it's a real thing. Uh, Portuguese people are not welcome at Target. Like you know, well, I don't want to say that, but they don't recognize us. They don't care to give us the the recognition we deserve during our heritage month and i find that greatly offensive i find that greatly offensive that nowhere seems to care about portuguese heritage month and i will remain outspoken about that uh but i digress so they they wanted to avoid some sort of heat so they pushed um their pride stuff to the back of the store uh that was like a hot topic socially and in amongst the pride things the supposedly there was some stuff and I say supposedly because I don't know I don't know nor do I really care uh, some things were targeted towards children and a lot of conservative folks took to protesting this by uh, boycotting Target and returning a bunch of stuff and blah 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 and they were like refusing to shop there and the whole you know you know protesting boycotting all that fun stuff uh, and it bothered her it bothered her because 
you know, she loves Target. And she was sending me, like, we were texting back and forth because, you know, she likes to text. She likes to text even when we're in the same house. You know, she'll be upstairs and I'll be down here or whatever and we, she'll, we'll text back and forth. Personally, I... I, 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 I'm not initiating text conversations with somebody in the same house as me, but I will placate and humor her because I love her and, you know, happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? So we went back and forth on some things and then, uh, we, we got to a point where well, how did it come up? It came up in a way where uh, she expressed concern that I would be of the opinion that would I would I, where I would share the the sentiment of wanting to boycott Target, and that I was taken aback by that. I was like, "Wait, what?" And she was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "No, I don't, I don't care." I mean, I'll talk some smack. I talk. I talk. I'm a, I'm a talker. Uh, I try to keep these shows PG-13. I don't want to swear because I, I, I would hope that listeners out there with children would feel safe and confident to be listening to this even with their children present. I'm a dad, and uh, I like to share my interests with my kids. So anybody out there who listens to this, I, I hope they could listen to this in the car with their kids. If their kids happen to be, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I, I just, I try to watch my potty mouth as well, as well as I can. Not in front of my kids though. I, I, I'm my true self in front of them. How, anyway. Um, so, so I was, I was really shocked that she thought I would be, the kind of person that that would hold that sentiment of like, yeah, no, we're not going to shop at Target anymore. And I was I was taken aback because I don't I don't care. You know what I mean? Like there are things that I find to be foolish um, with everyone, with everyone, the right, the left. Uh, I I I I base my politics, my spirituality, my opinions, my uh, just approach to life in thing, logic and reason is what drives me. Now, wherever that places me on the political spectrum is solely based in my understanding of things. If I think something is dumb, I'm going to be opposed to it. Now, in in today's social climate, the things that seem to be at the forefront are some of the most nonsensical things that I've ever I've ever faced in my life. And I tend to be outspoken about that. It's contrary to, uh, I guess, the conventional um, culture, maybe, but at the same time, I don't really think so. I think more people out there 
share the same sentiment as I do when it comes to all these things. But given the uh, really vocal minority of internet trolls, people are afraid to say things. So they play pretend a lot. And I refuse to play pretend. I'm, I'm going to be as blunt and straightforward as I possibly can always. And I don't, I don't really, I don't fear the ramifications of that. You know what I mean? Because to me, I'm right. And I'm never, I'm never going to be afraid of being right, nor am I going to apologize for being right. Now, you may think I'm wrong, and that's fine. You're allowed to think that, just like I'm allowed to think I'm not wrong. I'm allowed to say the things I want to say, just like I believe you're allowed to say the things you want to say. Maybe you don't have a podcast, so you don't, you're not blasting the things you have to say to the cyberverse. That's your fault, not mine. Start a podcast. I don't know. That's, that's on you, homie. Uh, so anyway, I, I was really like, Ugh. if my own wife is thinking that like I'm, I'm part of a, a group, then I'm doing something wrong. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not truly representing how I feel or who I am accurately if, if anybody out there, let alone my wife, is that how you do that? Would it be, is that it? Should I say, if my wife, let alone anyone else, or anyone else, let alone, you know what I'm saying though. If anybody is thinking I'm part of any sort of tribe beyond my own, I'm, 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 I'm not being, I'm not presenting my most authentic self. God, that sound, I hate the way that sounded. It sounded really bleh be your authentic self. That's one of those things that I agree with. Everyone should be their authentic self, but I I hate the way that sounds. <laughs> it sounds super super just you know, the the you know, people hate the term woke. But it's only like wokey people who hate the term woke, but it's a, it's a term, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's something. It exists in the zeitgeist. And if it offends you, maybe it offends you because you're you're part of that ideology and you bother me. But that sounds like one of the things that that side would say, be, uh, be your authentic self. But I, I agree with it. I agree with the sentiment. I just don't like the mental image I get of the person that would say that. Anyhow. Um, yeah, and I was like, no, no, I don't care. Why? I'm not going to stop shopping at Target. It's the closest like store to us for convenience shopping. You know what I mean? Like whatever they're doing, whatever their politics are, I just see it as a cash grab. You know what I mean? I don't think Target supports anyone but Target. So, you know, whatever it may be, whatever whatever the the hot uh the hot topic is at the time, of course, they're going to involve themselves because they want customers. So you're going to pay lip service to anyone you can to guarantee income. Now, I'm a very poor businessman in that way because I won't do that. I could, I could very well make like 
my my skeleton crew skull, like the the signet, the skeleton crew signet. Uh, I I could do rainbow versions of those. I could do a trans flag version of that. I could do a, you know, whatever, and they that they would probably sell. They would probably sell, and I could I could pay the lip service to that group and cash in. But that feels so inauthentic. You know what I mean? I don't have any uh, grievances or ill feelings to anyone who identifies with whatever group. I just have ill sentiments and feelings towards the people who, who force who force their, that ideology upon me. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? But I feel that way about anybody. I feel that way about any, any religious organization that's going to want to shove their uh, theology in my face and say, you have to believe this. And I'm going to respond, no, I don't. No, get away from me before I hit you. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was violent. I'm, you know... I'm not going to pretend I'm not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I say wild things, but I mean them. You know, you could always trust that I'm going to say exactly how I feel and exactly what I think, uh, except for using potty mouth language. <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only thing I'm going to pull back, and I explained why. So uh, this revel this revelation. Uh, that, that came from this conversation with my wife really got me to thinking like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm playing into the madness. I'm being sucked in. Like I, 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 I'm being tricked into caring more than I naturally care to care. Um, I do have strong standpoints on anything that is thrust upon or uh gear like um how do i put this anything that is that that anyone subjecting children to their ideology uh i have a problem with so that's kind of that's that's my, that's where i draw the line you know what I mean? Like, I don't care what you do as an adult, and I don't care who you do it with as long as they are adults, but I am a firm believer in the preservation of child innocence. And this is something I, 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 I held firm to even before being a parent. Uh, as a kid, events in my life forced me to grow up really quick. So I didn't get to be just a kid for very long. Um, same goes for my sister. And that that's something that still bothers me to this day. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the adult that I've become. Um, but I do, I do still hold a, uh, there, there's, there's a dark mark on my soul, um, from, from having that childhood innocence taken from me at a young age. And when I, it wasn't like any sort of like abuse or anything like that, you know, it was just our, our parents, 
passed away in a pretty gruesome way. Uh, gruesome emotionally, not not so much physically, but there was a physicality to it where, you know, they both got sick and my, we had to watch our parents deteriorate uh, before our eyes. And then like the two, you know, our mom's side and our dad's side feuded and like we... There's so much, so much that that uh, my sister and I went through that no child should ever have to go through. And the adults in our life were, um, the majority of them were, were, were really selfish about it. And they, in my opinion, a lot of, a lot of them, the majority of them, uh, were putting their own, um, they're just putting themselves first. Now, my uncle Neil, my mom's younger brother, he's the exception out of all of them, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but, you know, all that's neither here nor there. So it, it definitely uh, is important to me to let children be children and not subject them to, you know, adult, uh, adult, the dark side of adulthood, the dark sides of adulthood. Kids don't need to be, um, exposed to, or even worse, invited in to it. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, I don't have any qualms with uh, drag performers, drag shows, blah, 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 whatever. Don't care. Don't care. Fine. I find them to be uh, kitschy and, and comical. Um, you know, there's a level of entertaining there for sure and it's cool man whatever it's it's performance it's theater it's you know it's it's obscure theater it's what's cool it's it is what it is and i it's rad you know rad but to pretend that there isn't a uh sexual nature to drag in and of itself or at least within in the performances, is asinine to me. No, 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 no. To to say there isn't is you're wrong. Like like I don't know how you can say that. Like it's just that's untrue. And I don't think kids need to be subjected to that. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm never gonna take my kids um and and you know they, there is there is there is a line to that where I'm not saying that to attend like a drag event somebody needs to be 18 and up no 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 teenagers like we have a 13 year old and and I, I wouldn't have a problem with him like being part of an audience to a drag show like but but then again you know that's he's he's of the age where he can you know understand what it is now my 7 year old 
that's a different story. I I don't like I wouldn't let him watch an R-rated movie. So so why would I why would I take him to R-rated live performances? You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. And the people who are okay with that, it's whatever, man, that's on you. But I'm going to look down upon you. Like I'm going to I'm going to feel as though I'm a better parent than you if you're taking your seven-year-olds to drag shows. You know what I mean? So that's where I am with all that. Um, yeah. I think that's helping my point. The point that I'm making is, uh, is I don't care. I don't care. I think both the right, the left... I find them to be cultish. I find them to be tribes and the only cult and the only tribe I care to involve myself in is one that I'm leading myself, AKA skeleton crew. So here we are. All that to be said is ultimately I'm, I'm just, yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about stuff like that as much anymore. I feel like I talked about that a lot on the last episode and it kind of bugged me. It bugged me. I don't really, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not worried about how anyone out there feels about the things I say. I mean, you're going to listen or you're not going to listen. Like, what's it to me? You know, I, I only want people who who share and this is culty. This is very tribalish. I I only care to appease people who have a similar mindset as I do. You know what I mean? Like I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm not afraid to say you're wrong and this is how I feel about it. And I'm not going to budge on how I feel about it. Um it's, and that's not, and that, and then that's not to say that I'm not open to changing my mind about things, but I, I'm pretty confident in, you know, my, my gut reaction to things. So there we go. <laughs> did any of that make sense? I kind of think it did, but at the same time, I could see how it might not have. Uh, anyhow, so my tea. So you know what I noticed? Like, are all mugs? And you know what? I'm also figuring this out as I wanted to bring it up. So, and this is really like, if you're just the audio, if you're really just listening to audio, this uh, this might not translate well to you. But, if you're watching this, then here we are. So I, on the video podcast, I, I want to use mugs and I want, I want, you know, I want to share with you, the audience, what mug I'm using. Like today, I'm using an, an official Mouseketeer mug. Now, when I take a sip, notice that you see like the back of the mug. You no longer see the thing I'm, I'm trying to show off, and that is the Mickey Mouse Club emblem. You see a pair of Mickey ears. 
And that's, I want you to see this part while I'm taking a sip or even when it's like resting on the table itself. Uh, I realize now, as, as I'm going into this, that the graphic faces the drinker because you want to see the mug you got. Because not everyone out there is, is speaking to a camera and trying to show off to other people their mug. But is that the case? Are mug designs intended to appease the drinker and not those watching the drinker? Those, those are the kind of hot, hot topics I, uh, I prefer to dive into on, on this podcast. And I think, I think that that's what it is. I think, I think mug designs are meant to cater to the drinker and not everyone else. Cause not everyone has an audience. I, I don't really think I have an audience. If you look at the YouTube numbers on these podcasts, you would agree, but the downloads, is it because I've been record, I've been, I've been offering like audio podcasts and only audio podcasts for so long that there there isn't really um an understanding now because i haven't really done the video portion or a good a good version of a video or a video aspect of the podcast for more than like just a few episodes so maybe it just needs to catch on now now the the views on like the classic cartoon commentaries are are much much more are much higher so there's the there's but i've been doing those i've been doing those for a while too so it'll all catch on I, at the same time i'm not really worried about it it is what it is it is what it is people will like it they won't like it they'll watch it they won't watch it i'm gonna keep doing it because i enjoy doing it and hopefully it grows into something that you know It just benefits more beyond just uh, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Speaking of spiritually, you see my my candle behind me? I had to put something back here. I noticed in the other... There we go. Look at that. That's much better now. My, oh, oh that, there we go. That's a really good spot for it. Uh, anyway, back to... What I was saying before, and my tea is cold. It's like just slightly past the Goldilocks zone. Where it's like lukewarm. Where, it, you know, it, it, has, it has the temperature of where you know it was once. It was once hot. It's not room temperature, but it, it has it has a... Uh, a um, reminiscence. I lost it. I lost it. You know, that's part of, that's, that's part of my, uh, neurological thing here. That is dyslexia, a neurological thing. Check this out. I can look things up now. Maybe. Wait, how does this turn on? Turn on now. How do I get, there we go. So last episode, last couple episodes, I had this, my research, my lookup thing, computer over here. Well, you know what? That laptop, that computer 
doubles as a tablet. So I was like, why don't I just use the tablet portion, have it laid out in front of me? So I'm not having to like, there was a lot, there was a lot of things visually on the last episode that I just, I didn't like. Uh, let's see, what is dyslexia? Is dyslexia a neurological disorder? Dyslexia. <laughs> this is cool. I like this. I like having the tablet. Um, let's see. Dyslexia is a learning disorder that involves difficulty reading due to problems identifying speech sounds and learning how they relate to letters and words. Decoding, also called a reading disability. Dyslexia is a result of individual differences in areas of the brain that process language. Okay. Let's see. That's not exactly what I wanted. Is dyslexia a disability? Uh, it's a reading disability and is characterized as an unexpected difficulty in reading by people who possess the intelligence, motivation, and schooling necessary to read. It is a persistent chronic condition rather than a uh, developmental lag. Hmm. Ooh, is it a form of autism? People often confuse dyslexia and autism for one another or conflate them for, being, uh, for their similarities. But they are two completely different, completely different disorders that affect the brains of people in different ways. Um, okay, so dyslexia is a learning difficulty, and autism is a developmental disorder. Ooh, do dyslexics have higher IQ? I always say they do. Uh, some teachers and parents can make a dyslexic or mistake a dyslexic child for someone who is lacking in intelligence. But the truth is, dyslexia has nothing to do with a child's level of intellect. I'm going to argue that's not answering that question. Who put this in there? Whoever put this in there is stupid. <laughs> the question is, do dyslexic have, dyslexics have a higher IQ? And the answer is saying they are not. People with dyslexia aren't dumb. That's not the question. The question is, are dyslexics smarter than everyone else? And I argue, yes. So there. Why do I argue that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh... Let's see. The brains of people with dyslexia show different, less efficient patterns of processing. What does that mean? Uh, including under and over activation during tasks involving sound and speech and letter sounds and words. Does it get worse with age? Uh, they don't get worse with age. It doesn't get worse with age. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, I'm not getting the answers I want, so I'm going to stop looking into that. <laughs> oh, so what's been going on? What's been going on with you? Go on. Tell me. I'm listening. It's a, um, so back in San Diego, 
where I'm from, it is Festa, Festa weekend, and that is a Portuguese celebration of, what is it, Pentecost, I think, Catholic related, I believe. Uh, so uh, on Instagram, on social media, the the relatives I, I do follow and like, you know, people I know and stuff like that. I've seen all these, these, these photos bringing back memories of, of when, when I would go to the Festa and I, I would still go if I lived in, uh, if I still lived in San Diego, it's, it's Portuguese fest, man. And I, I loved it. I loved it growing up. And, you know, I say that I loved it. I loved aspects of it. My, there's a parade, they do a parade and every single year, well, if you're a Portuguese child, you you would be forced to walk in this parade. And that was, you know, it was real hit or miss, uh, depending on what you had to wear. I remember one year I had to wear this like really just, oh no, oh, I have a mouse to my monitor but the screen I don't remember activating a screensaver but it came on anyway I remember having to wear this like puffy gold outfit that was super uncomfortable um and it was like the pants were puffy had like a puffy hat and like puffy kind of shoulder it was really just obnoxious looking and i hated that but there were other times where like i got to wear jeans and like a shirt for like some fisherman some fishing boat some tuna fishing boat that was cool um but that wasn't the fun part the fun part was going down to like the carnival aspect of it and well not like a carnival in the way of like rides and stuff but food and like games and stuff like that it's uh yeah it's a good time it's a good time as an adult though i um i don't know how well i would fit in down there nowadays because adults like it's it's kind of it kind of doubles as like an opportunity to uh show off a little bit, you know, like you, you get kind of it's um class classy casual, I guess is something is how I would put it. Like my brother-in-law, my sister posted on her Instagram story of like a family photo for them, and my brother-in-law is wearing like a sports jacket, I think, is that's what you would call it, with like a purple button-down collared shirt with like I don't know he looks super he looks super fly uh <laughs> and he does look good like I mean you know nobody looks bad but it's not my style you know what I mean like so I remember I remember like aging out not even aging out I don't think you really could age out of walking in the parade uh it was just after our parents passed away, my our grandparents wouldn't like put us in the parades anymore. And 
in my teenage years, so where my grandmother lives in San Diego, the parade route crosses like the top at the top of her block. So we would just walk out of her house and go to the corner and watch the parade go by. And in my teenage years, when I, when I started becoming just like ultra punk rock, uh, man, I stuck out like a sore thumb back then. I had like long dickies, like, you know, like blink One Eighty Two dickies where they were shorts, but they were long and baggy. And then I'd have like my spiky hair and lip ring and stuff like that. So there, there aren't many other Portuguese people that look that way. So I definitely stood out and I stood out for other reasons as well. But I, uh, I don't know how, how this would translate going down there. I don't know. I, I'd like to take the family though to experience it. My kids are, um, a bunch of half breeds. So it's, uh, something they, they should still be subjected to like half Portuguese is still good enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, <laughs> I say it cause I mean it. Uh, <laughs> I told, I told my wife that the other day, uh, <laughs> like I, I'm, I think I'm a Portuguese supremist. Supremist. What is that? where I think Portuguese people are, 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 are superior to everybody else. <laughs> it's cause it's true. Uh, <laughs> but I still respect the rest of you who aren't like, I don't, I don't dislike you cause you're not Portuguese. I just think you'd be better if you were. <laughs> uh, it's part of my charm. It's part of my charm. Uh, speaking of my charm, I, I've, I've come to notice that I, I think like, I think there are people who, uh, don't like me out there and that's wild. Isn't that, that's crazy. But I think it has, it might relate to some of the wild things I say, but I don't really think everything I say is that wild. You know what I mean? Like I back it up with logical, you know, substance but so much of what I says just doesn't, just doesn't kowtow. Is that a phrase, kowtow? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't befall the uh, social expectations, I guess. Like, like the whole pronoun thing. It's silly to me. It's silly to me. It is. Uh, but hey, do your thing. Do you. But... If I, if I respect, if I respect you doing your thing, then all I, I can expect in return is the same respect to understand that I don't care enough to play that game. I just don't. I just don't. I'm going to say what I say. And what I say is not, there's no intent, malicious intent. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But I, I'm also not not gonna. I don't care. <laughs> like, if I say he and you say actually, it's they. I'm gonna say actually. That's how I feel about that. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs>
just shut up. <laughs> like, I don't, whatever. Because if it really hurts your feelings that much, then that says something more about you than it does me. <laughs> because you can, people could literally say whatever they want about me. And okay. More people need to be that way. More people out there need to be that way. Where if people say something, whatever about you, wow, why does it hurt your feelings? Like, honestly, though, it would hurt so much more to be punched in the head. And if somebody's not punching you in the head, then who cares? Like, genuinely, who cares? My, It's so challenging for me to wrap my head around ever, ever being worried about, like, if somebody referred to me as a she, she, her, okay, (laughs) okay, I mean, they're wrong, but people are wrong about a lot of things, so what does it matter? It's, It's the caring about just just such trivial nonsense that befuddles me. But there are the people are so passionate about it. But are they passionate for genuine reasons or is it just trying to fit in? I think it's just trying to fit in. I think it's just I think it's just trying to be part of a team, part of a thing. You know what I mean? But that's offensive, and I know. I know. I know some people are going to be offended by that, but I don't mean to hurt you for your feelings. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but at the same time, your feelings don't matter enough to me to like walk on eggshells. What does the term walk on eggshells mean? Like you're walking on them, trying not to break them. Because let me tell you, if there were a bunch of eggshells in my way, I would just crush them. I just walk all over them. I don't care. I'm not going to clean them up either. Like I'm just going to, if there's a bunch of eggshells in my way, if they're the if the the shells egg shells, if there are egg shells in my way, the yolks are gone. Whatever baby reptile or bird that came out of it is gone. What do I care about the shells? You know, I'm not going to tiptoe around it. Just walk over it. Now, broken glass, broken glass is another is another situation. So maybe the term or the phrase or the idea should be, I'm not going to walk on glass. But, because I mean, you would be more careful not to step on glass. That makes more sense to me. Everything I'm saying is just nothing. <laughs> like, why do people listen to this? I'm glad you do. But why? Why do people listen to this? I'm not saying anything worth saying, I don't think. Man, I got sunburnt a little bit. Do you see that? I've been doing some, uh, some, some, a lot. I've been doing a lot of yard stuff lately. My, my father-in-law is, and my brother-in-law, they are both out of town working. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm like soft burping a lot. 
they are not around to uh, maintain their yard and they got a yard like they got they got some land and I'm not gonna you know I volunteered to they have a lot and and like the land they have is grass so I I volunteered as a good family member should uh and so my mother-in-law doesn't have to do it I I'm a young strapping lad and I can handle cutting some grass. And they have like one of those like heavy duty ride on mowers, like the zero turn ones. So that's a lot of fun to me. Uh, I had never, I've never, I had never utilized, I've never ridden or operated one of those until um, volunteering to do so, cutting their grass. So it's, it's been an adventure. It's been an adventure for me growing up in San Diego, Point Loma, Ocean Beach. There's not, there's, there's no yard to do that. Like if anybody, if you have grass where I grew up, like 15 minutes of a push mower and you're done, you're good. I got, I got quite the yard here in my house in Nashville and I use a push mower. Now there are, there have been times where the yard has gotten away from me and I've, outsourced the the uh, the mowing to people with you know a ride on mower option um but it's it just seems unnecessary to me like it does take a chunk of time to do do my cut my grass with a push mower but um i do it i do it because i'm tough like that um it would go a lot faster using one of those like zero turny mowers, but it just seems so unnecessary for, I don't know. It just doesn't, you know, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so even with one of those ride on mowers, it's taken me like three days and that's not like full days, but it's taken me three, three trips to, to accomplish cutting all of their grass and I've had, you know, it just, it's worked out that way. I could get through all of it in one day, but the timing of it, like one, one, the first day I, uh, so my father-in-law showed me how to use the mower and I paid attention to the best of my ability, which is not adequate. <laughs> in a lot of way I'm I'm you know when it comes to anything when it comes to anything at all anything at all if anybody tries to explain anything to me like in the operation of something or how to do something I I will I, I'll hear it out I'll hear it out and I'll get just a really really bare bones gist of it and ultimately I'm going to have to trial and error you know, in practice to really understand how something works. It's just how my, my dyslexic brain works. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the first time I went out and did it, it, uh, apparently I was just riding around. 
<laughs> I was just riding around because I didn't put the blade down. So it wasn't actually like cutting anything. I was just driving back and forth in the yard. And my wife came out and she's like, hey, I, I'm really happy that you're having fun, but you're not, you're not doing anything. And I'm like, what? So that was like a solid hour of just riding around. And then I ran out of light because I started in the afternoon and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, where am I going with this? Oh, it's just been weird. It's been crazy. I ran over a snake. <laughs> it was an accident, mostly. Uh, I was going, and I was like, and I was like, oh, a snake. By the time I saw the snake, it was already too late. And then I looped back around, you know, to see like maybe I maybe I maybe it was like low enough to the ground where it didn't get caught up in the blade. No, it got caught up in the blade. And there were snake bits everywhere. <laughs> like, it's not something I'm proud of. I'm not proud that I ran it over and ended its life in a very, very brutal way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a big snake too. It was like really big. So maybe I did somebody a favor. I don't know. My wife doesn't like snakes. So she was... You know, she, she she literally said, oh, good job. I was like, uh, I don't think the snake feels that way. The snake feels nothing, actually, now. Um, and then it was kind of interesting today while I was doing it. There were uh, a bunch of birds just, like, like, flying around me. And at first I thought, like, oh, there there's just a lot of birds over here. But as I like progressed through the yard, they, they just kept with me and I realized they were swooping down and eating the bugs that were coming up from, you know, me cutting the grass. So it was a lot like, it was a lot like a, uh, you know, if you've ever been like deep sea fishing or fishing on like a boat on the ocean of any kind, like how the seagulls will kind of, you know, swarm around where, cause there's fish or, you know, there's fish there. Uh, that's just what came to my mind as a result of growing up, you know, in that atmosphere. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. It's really cool. And I'm going to be doing that a lot more because, you know, they're out of town. I'm here. I'm doing it. I've gotten really good at it. It's really nice too. I just pop my headphones in and I just go. And I just listen to a podcast or music or something and just kind of zone out. And it's very peaceful. It's a very, it's a very, it's something that's, that's really enjoyable if you're not, you know, if you're not opposed to uh, getting lost in your thoughts. Now, some people don't, don't like that, apparently. Because um, my brother-in-law was like, hey, I was cutting the grass going. And I was like, man, it's a lot like there's a lot to it like then i've got to go back and, and finish he's like yeah you know it's a it's a lot of uh gives you the opportunity to to do a lot of thinking and i don't know if he said that in a way of like i don't know he didn't he didn't he didn't seem it, the way he said it he didn't it didn't seem like he was saying it in like a beneficial way but i think it's a really beneficial way but again, I'm kind of, I'm just that type of person, I guess. I got sun though. I guess you can't really tell, but whatever. You know, what's kind of crazy though, too, is like in doing that, 
I, I, I start thinking about like, like I, I get really excited to, uh, to get home and get to doing a podcast. Cause I'm thinking of all these things of like, yeah, I, I can talk about this and I can talk about that. And then when it comes to like recording, it all disappears. It all goes away. I need to start writing these things down. I have a notebook. I have a notebook that I got specifically to jot down ideas and stuff to bring up on podcasts, but you know, haven't, haven't utilized it the way I should. Uh, right now, when you're watching or listening to this, if you're watching it and we're listening to this within the week it comes out, we're actually down in Florida at Disney World. And that's really exciting. Uh, I um, I got some new toys to take with us. Have you have you guys watched my vlog and Terry's and stuff? Like I I do kind of like vloggy shooting down there. I'm not I'm not one. You know, my wife, we watch a lot of Disney vloggers, and uh. I think it's cool. I do, but I'm not like a, and this is going to sound weird because it's exactly what, exactly what I'm doing. I'm not one of those people that likes to be like in front of the camera and uh, you know what I mean? I do it. I do it with this because I don't know. This doesn't feel the same way to me because it's me by myself. I'd feel really awkward doing this in a very crowded atmosphere. Like, uh, theme park but but I did because I don't I, I don't you know it just seems so goofy to me the people who have like their camera and they're like so this thing I'm eating is blah 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 blah, blah. it just seems so I don't know I maybe I lack confidence in that way and maybe I do care what people would think um, seeing me do that and maybe it's just my own my own judgmental nature because seeing people do that, I would look at them and go, look how goofy they look. So maybe that's an insecurity of mine. But to remedy that, I got little microphones. So uh, the vlog and Terry's, I would do video, edit it together, and do like a commentary track over the footage that I collected. Uh, it's cool but I want to try something a little different. Maybe do a little talking like in the moment. Been off the little microphone now, so I'm not, it's, you, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see how it turns out. Um, so the live action Little Mermaid came out this weekend. And let's see. Let's see how it's doing. Let's see how it's performing. From what I understand, it had a pretty decent audience score. The Little Mermaid. Um, it's got a 7 out of 10 on IMDb's. And the Rotten Tomatoes has it at... Uh, a 67 critics score and a 95 audience score. Now, I'm curious. We are going to go see it. 
uh, at some point. I don't know if we'll see it in theaters or if we'll just wait for it to come to Disney Plus. But it's so interesting because I've seen some reviews on Twitter and people have brought it up in podcasts and stuff. And the honest reviews seem to be saying the same things where the film is good-ish. It's not the original. Um, it, 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 they're basically saying all the things that I had been predicting the outcome would be, where it doesn't have the same heart and soul that the original does, um, that it's just okay. It's just another movie. Uh, it's just a kind of way to pass the time. Like there's there it it it, it didn't need to be, but it 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 is. It's there. It exists. So as something that exists, it's like okay, it's there. So that's those are the reviews that I find to be the most honest. Uh, a 95 audience score that makes me wonder if people are showering it with praise in some areas given the uh, politics behind it if that makes sense and I know I know it makes sense um these live action movies have all been dog dookie thus far with the exception of maybe the jungle book, maybe, but everything else has been kind of garbage and, and I'm, I'm feeling a similar tone to the live action little mermaid. Uh, I'm bringing this up because at the Disney parks, down in, I guess, both Disney World and Disneyland, they have introduced the live-action Ariel as a character meet-and-greet. And to me, I don't know, man. I just feel like not casting an actress who resembled the animated version of Ariel, it just opens the door for, like unnecessary uh huh you know what i mean like what because when you go to the parks and you do these character meet and greets like specifically the princesses and stuff like that the idea is you're meeting the princess from the movie right i mean that's that's how i felt growing up and having kids uh, namely Bane, really my seven year old, he that's how he approaches it. He approaches these meet and greets like, oh, I'm meeting Cinderella like the one from the movie. I'm meeting Tiana like the one from the movie. I'm meeting Ariel like the one from the movie. Well, now there's two Ariels. I feel like that kind of depletes the magic of that a little bit. Because why are there two different aerials now? 
it's just it it just seems like it seems like in a place where you're trying to blur the lines between fantasy and reality muddying the fantasy uh kind of kills it a little bit because because now it beckons the question which ariel's fake like which is the real ariel they look so drastically different like is is this one the real one or is that one the real one why are there two like well i don't want to answer these questions i don't think these questions are necessary like they didn't need to be and again i feel like when you pose rational questions like that you run the risk of being accused of you know like racism or some nonsense like that and it's like it's truly not though like these are just genuine thoughts i have to i mean who out there's who who out there's going to argue this point I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who who would argue this point, but I'm not. I don't. I'm 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 confident in saying that that the arguments counter to what I'm saying don't hold water. <laughs> Get it? Hold water, Little Mermaid. Uh, <laughs> notice how my cough is kind of gone. I I kind of felt it a little bit right there, but I don't think I've coughed at all this whole episode, which I'm. I'm getting better, man. Man, I've been sick like for three months straight almost. And it's not uh, it's not legit sick. It's just exhaustion and my body's not able to fend off just the most basic of funks at the moment. Uh but anyhow, I back back to the back to what I'm I'm getting at here. Uh the it just seems why you know what i mean it just seems why why i don't know i feel like i've really i've really poo-pooed all over um this this live action little mermaid and i feel like every every concern and every qualm i have before seeing it it's legitimate and this this character meet and greet thing is is legit because well we're going to end up doing the meet and greet with the live action ariel and i'm curious because i i'm i put myself in in the mind of my child i'm 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 expecting him to ask why why does this ariel not look like the other one and how do you explain that how do you explain that how do you explain that without being like, well, they're not real? Because that seems not very fun. That feels like killing the magic a little bit, don't you think? Because if if you're if you're there to play pretend in in the Disney verse, if you if you go into the park and you you let go of the outside world and you submit to yes that is aurora that's sleeping beauty that's mulan that's pocahontas that's tian that's cinderella that's princess jasmine that's actually those are that's snow white that's the real snow white 
Okay. Well, now, now, there, there's, there's been a monkey wrench thrown into it a little bit because now there's two different aerials. And I find it to be incredibly unnecessary. And it, it really, it really disheartens me because <clears throat> it, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize. It really, it's really disheartening in, in knowing that it was all, it was all just a superficial cash grab move. Because if you wanted to truly make a live action version of the animated classic, then stick stick to the basics. St- hold true to the basics of just like having having the actors resemble the characters in their original form. Like I, I don't, I don't. I don't know why that's such a uh, such a a dangerous way to think these days. <laughs> because to me, to me, it's such such commonplace. You know, you didn't make Simba a tiger. You know, the Lion King Mufasa wasn't a cheetah. So, you know, it just. It's just it just feels unnecessary and it, it just it, it kills the magic a little bit and I'm I'm sure that there are going to be a number of people out there who are like well, what does it matter to you it matters to me because I I buy into the magic I play along I play the game and as somebody with kids I, I want the experience to be uh, I don't want there to be any confusion or um need 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 to question things that's not what we're there to escape escape the chaos of the real world and it's just like you're you're welcoming in some of the real world by doing these kind of things like the casting of ariel you know i don't i don't doubt the actress's ability or talents or anything like that like yeah i'm sure she can pull it off just fine i'm sure she does a great job i'm sure that she has the talent to portray the character is just you know playing with the aesthetics seems unnecessary and it seems like the only reason to do that is is to is is to to play play social games and i don't i don't necessarily know if walt disney would have done that because to me it always seemed like the the goal to all of this was to build a magical place that was you know some somewhere for everyone to escape to and forget about the trials and tribulations of the world outside. 
and now and now and now the inside of Disney is being confused by the outside. And it's just a bummer, man. It just bums me out. It just bums me out. Because it's unnecessary. Again, I know I'm, I'm repeating myself like I'm a broken record. And I've talked about this on too many different podcasts. But it just, it still bugs me, man. And just going to continue to bug me, I guess. Anyway. Hey, you want to, let's on, on a happier note. You know what I had for dinner? Like, I really, I really enjoy cooking. And I really, I really enjoy, you know, being able to, uh, to get wild. Tonight for dinner, I made chorizo grilled cheese sandwiches. And I added, like, an egg. What is the, what is it called? It's not sunny side up, but when you, like, fry both sides of the egg... What's that called? I know there's a term for it. Frying. Uh-oh. I'm looking it up for the audio only listeners. Don't you hate when like you can't type worth anything? Frying both sides of an egg. Oh, where'd it go? There it is. What is that called? Um, I did over medium. Cooking over medium heat. Oh, wait, hold on. Cooking over medium heat allows the whites to... What is it called? Because sunny side up is when you just do one and you have like the yolk. Uh... Oh, it changed what I typed. Frying both sides of an egg Oops, is called, what is it called? Over easy. I put an over easy egg in it and it was awesome. You know, it wasn't as runny as I wanted it to be because I had like these, these visuals of like a real, like a runny yolk coming out. But, uh, Nah, the inside kind of solidified. It's still good though. So try it at home. Try it at home. I uh I do want to do kind of like cooking videos. But the guy the, the the cooking itself is already a lot of work and making a production of it. It uh I don't know, man. It just seems kind of it's adding more. When it's already hard enough, man. I got a big family. It's a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> it's a lot of mouths to feed. So, and I'm the kind of dad, I'm the kind of dad that cooks what everybody wants. You know what I mean? Like my wife and I and our oldest, the three of us will always eat the same thing. Sometimes Maverick will eat the same as well, but sometimes Maverick will eat whatever Bane's eating. And Bane eats like three different things. There are like there are three dishes that you can make that kid to where he'll he'll be happy. He uh he's got a weird weird thing about food. It's um he's he's a picky eater. But 
but it's like it, it he's really affected by some kind of foods he's really affected by the textures and the psycho like the psychological uh aspects of of eating you know what i mean like if he gets an idea so i'll make him i'll make him like he likes ramen you know like what kid doesn't like ramen you know as a kid we used to eat the ramen just raw like hard just put the the seasoning on like the crunchy ramen and just kind of go at it and i i don't i don't know does anyone else out there do that because that wasn't that wasn't a far-fetched thing for for kids i grew up with like i i i i growing up i knew there were a number of us that did it. Like it wasn't obscure. It wasn't an odd thing to do. But I've told other people about it and they've all been like, what? You ate it raw? It's like, yeah. With with the seasoning? Yeah. Uh-huh. Why is that weird? Apparently it's weird. Um, but yeah, so you know how you have like, you make the ramen and then the seasoning packet. Sometimes, not all the time, there will be like green specks I don't know what it is. Is it like a dried chive or something? I don't know. But even like the most minuscule, teeny tiny microscopic green speck, Bane will find it. Bane will find it and he has this like thought in his head that it it has a taste or he can he can feel it or something. Like and it, it will it will shut him down on enjoying the rest of the dish and it's wild to me and i try to tell him just like dude it literally tastes like nothing it it, in in chewing the food like if you got one of those green little specks in a bite you would never know it's there it is not big enough to stand out in in the chewed up noodle in your mouth but no, man, he doesn't, he doesn't go with that. He doesn't, it doesn't fly with him. You know, I kind of, I kind of want to, I kind of want to look at these things. No, I'm not going to, because the audio listener, it won't, it won't matter to them. But I got a cool little like gimbal thing for my phone that is going to be really fun to shoot with. Mm. Now my tea's cold. I really got a, I got the set. I got, I got my podcast set. I really, I just gotta, I gotta figure out how to make this like tea thing work better. I got my, my research tablet. I got my monitor. I'm really stoked on this guys. I'm really, I'm really happy on, on how things are progressing here. I'm into it. Um, how long have we been going? Almost an hour and a half. What the hell did I talk about? Did I say anything of substance? Like, was this entertaining or fun for anybody? I know in the last episode, I was saying on the last episode, I kind of felt weird about some stuff, but I had some gems in there. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk about? I want to talk about this. Um, I have gotten way into mid-journey. Do you guys know what mid-journey is? Let's look it up so I can describe it 
well because the way I want to describe it, I don't think it's going to translate and make a lot of sense. So hold on, here we go. Oh, crap. Uh, mid. You know, now that we're getting towards an hour and a half, I'm remembering things I want to talk. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to talk about it. I kind of get really bummed out that I feel like I repeat myself a lot. And then after I'm done recording, I'm like, I just talked about the same garbage I talked about on the last episode. So it's just, here's another episode of the same old thing. And that can't be entertaining for anybody. But anyhow, mid journey. Oh, and then that was that. See, I need, I need, I need to utilize this notebook. I have to, because it's just, it's getting, (sighs) this may be a two hour podcast. And it's already really late at night and we're driving to Disney tomorrow night. So I'm going to have to find time to sleep during the day and I got to clean my house. You know, I'm just, this is what, this is what a lack of organization does. Like that Feshta talk. Why did I even bring that up? Like it was so pointless. Anyhow, Midjourney. Midjourney is an independent research lab exploring new mediums of thought and expanding the imaginative powers of the human species. What? That is even... (laughs) That's even more, like, absurd than how I would have described it. Okay, well, I'm just going to describe it the way I'm going to describe it. Mid-journey is uh, AI. It's... I don't know if this is, like, actually how it's described, but this is how I'm going to describe it. To me, the way my brain uh, translates it, it's an AI image generator. Now, there might be further aspects of it that I haven't utilized yet, but what I use it for is an AI image generator. So you type in, you know, something, whatever, whatever you want, and it'll spit back out an image to your text. So something, um, some of the things I've done was like a werewolf posing in front of Spaceship Earth at Epcot in Disney World. Um, and it'll, it'll spit out an image like uh, this one. So for the video viewer, this is what it came up with. Or for the audio listener, you can go to my Instagram or Twitter or whatever, Leo Legacy, and you can see the image I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it'll just, it'll, it'll spit out four options. It'll translate your text into four images. And there you go. And you can do whatever you want with these images. They... They, um, theoretically, I guess, belong to you because it was your, your brain that came up with it. Um, yeah, but anyway, I use it just for like, you know, eye catching kind of promo-y stuff. I, the intent I have is somebody will see the image and be like, well, com. they'll go to the website. Uh, but it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And like, it'll, it'll spit out. It'll turn your text to an image in like 60 seconds. Now, it's not always the 
uh, a perfect translation, but it, it teaches you how to um, become more creative with your wording and more descriptive and more, you know, there's, there's definitely a skill to it. Um, you really need to be able to, the, the skill of, of, um, translating thoughts into words, then those words into text. Uh, it's a weird, I thought that that seemed, that just seemed really weird to say, but it's really cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so caught up in it. Like I will be lying down to go to sleep and I'll just be on my phone, you know, just clicking away at just different ideas, like whatever for, so for, so for creative minds, it's, it it's it's super rad now there is that that just weirdness of um of artificial intelligence man like what what uh, i don't know man where's the line drawn where is the line drawn and what what uh like the the image the image that is that it produces it's it's uh artificial intelligence generated but it's it's generated not independently like it, it uses your uh wording of whatever thought you had so you are still kind of the mastermind of the concept because without without you translating your thought to text the images produced would not be you know what i mean they this thing isn't coming up with ideas on its own yet which is the creepy part uh but like so go if you if you are only listening to the audio i definitely implore you to either pull up the uh the video version of the podcast and, and scope it out or go to instagram or whatever leo legacy and and take a gander at at what i'm talking about um it's kind of like a series it's i I, i'm seeing this currently what i'm doing right now it's a series of like um disney parks in a parallel universe kind of thing you know what i mean uh because because the image that it generated for my werewolf posing out side of spaceship earth and for those of you who don't know what spaceship earth is like epcot the, the the iconic epcot ball that's spaceship earth so in my mind when i was doing it i had a vision of like um a werewolf american werewolf from paris or you know uh american werewolf of in london style werewolf something like fearsome and terrifying hanging out at, at Epcot. But <laughs> because I think I, I used, they, they took the Disney world aspect of, of the text and they made, they made the werewolf a, uh, a character, you know, in, in reminiscent of like Mickey mouse or goofy, like a costumed character. So it, it took, it took what I said and ultimately like 
did a did a fun translation that I didn't act, I I personally wasn't seeing in my mind when entering the text, but it it worked out. It worked out really really cool. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like, it's it's interesting. Uh, if you are a graphic designer and you have a degree, a degree in graphic design, and I have a cousin who does, and I, <laughs> I, I mean this in the most respectful way, but the, this is a game changer, and it's 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 definitely going to make the career path of graphic designer a little a lot actually a lot different than what you know you guys went to school for um but i get that i get that i get that because i went to film school and i learned how to do uh, film and video production on like big like industry cameras and and I learned how to edit using like uh, at the time the the most cutting edge editing softwares and stuff like that and now the things that I learned uh, and the tools I learned to use are. I mean, they're, they're still valuable to it. Like, they still, they still are good. But, like, the capability of doing a lot of what I learned to do and the way I learned to do it, you, you can now do that with an iPhone. And I mean, like, the shooting and the editing on, on, a, on a phone. Anybody can do it now. So I get it. I get the the feeling of like, man, I spent a lot of money and I took a lot of time to learn this skill set. And it was, I don't want to say it was a waste because there were a lot of like valuable lessons and, and, uh, uh, skillful like approaches, if that makes sense to, um, producing video and film like in visual content of that nature. But the tools, man, the tools have, have really like the game is completely different now than when I was in college. And now graphic designers who, who learned, you know, the ins and outs of like Photoshop and whatever other programs you graphic design people use. <clears throat> like, Though valuable skill sets still, uh, this, this, this mid journey AI thing has really, has really like, it's, it's to say it's a game changer. I don't think is an intense enough thing to say. It's definitely if you if you are in in that creative kind of space, if you are a graphic designer or or you know you you find yourself within that realm of creativity, um, practice, practice 
with this, learn, learn this, adopt it, adopt these AI imagers. And, and that's what I'm calling it. I don't necessarily, I don't think, I don't know if that's the proper terminology, but that's just the terminology that makes the most sense to me. Um, definitely adopt this into your tool bag. Um, cause I can see, I can see a lot of like, I've had, I've had, uh, this intention for a while of making a comic book, but I don't know how to draw for anything. Like I couldn't, I couldn't draw, uh, at the caliber of a comic book artist. And I'm not just, I'm not saying that AI can replace, um, comic book art artists. Like I, I'm not saying that at all, at all, but if I wanted to, if I wanted to write a comic and I wanted to use, uh, AI to do my panels for me, it's not out of the question. Now, there are challenges there within itself. Uh, I don't know if that made sense. It has its own challenges and it has its own limitations, but that's only for now. That's only for now. Technology is... It's... 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 It's an unstoppable force. And, and as creatives, we are not immovable objects. So if, if, if the, if AI tooling tools are not adopted, uh, we can be run through and, and currently, um, there's a writer strike going on. And to my understanding, part of that writer strike has to do with the the use of ai where you you could really pitch i don't know what i don't know if midjourney can do this but there's definitely ai out there that you can pitch like an idea to you can say hey write me a script based on this idea and it'll come up with a full script of your idea and again, again, there are limitations and I'm not saying it, it is, it, it, it's perfectly executed, but again, that this is the, the infant stages of all this. Like this is still way early on 10 years from now. It's, I don't know, man. I don't know. My uncle calls it the AI demon, which I get to a degree and it the future is now like this is this is the kind of like sci-fi sort of sort of thing where you know i don't even i don't even know if if this was the kind of thing that could have been foreseen like when i thought of, when i when i understood artificial intelligence i thought like androids and stuff like that i never i never considered um I never considered being able to say to, to enter text into anything and, and re receive um, that text perfectly. Well, not perfectly, but, but translated 
into an image. And I guess kind of like when you think about it, it's kind of like, yeah, well, no, duh. I mean, that's not a super far-fetched uh, idea, but it's not an idea that that was a top of mind. So, but I'm enjoying it. I'm utilizing it. Um, just you know, for fun. I I'm 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 using it right now just to make just just to. You know, I I have a lot of just just my my brain is always spinning, and I'm I'm a I I'm at no shortage of of ideas, so that's why like at late at night where I'm just like throwing, you know, ideas into mid journey just to see what I get back. Like I, it's addictive, uh, for for somebody like me, where <laughs> it's like. Um, what would Elvis like Elvis eating a cheeseburger on the moon kind of thing. You know, it was just like crazy things like that. And it will give you its best, uh, image translation of that. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so I'm using it now just for, you know, as bait, as bait come up with like interesting things and make people curious and, you know, lure them to, to our website and yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. And then the last thing that I really kind of wish I brought up sooner was, uh, I think it was the FDA. I think it's the FDA. That sounds like the right organization. FDA approves. Yeah, approved Neuralink. Elon Musk's brain implant startup Neuralink said it has been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to begin the company's first human clinical study. The company is working on a device that will allow people to control computer interfaces with their brain. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. The FDA have said, hey, Elon, go for it. So very soon, sooner, much, 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 much sooner than later, there is going to be somebody who implements that. Like there's going to be the first person they do this to. Like it's it's underway. And then and then you gotta, I mean, maybe next episode we'll I'll I'll get into this more because I I mean there was a time, there was a time where I was like, yeah, Neuralink, I can't wait to dive into that. That sounds like it's going to be a lot. That's, that's cool. You're become more, becoming cyborgs. But then the more I thought about it, the more I like pondered on it, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm an, I'm an Elon Musk fan, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't trust. I don't trust anyone really. And to, allow somebody to implant anything into your brain that can be controlled from an outside source seems there's a level of risk there that that makes me super uncomfortable and it makes me more uncomfortable to think that like like a smartphone you know we're we're to keep up with with progress 
um, yeah, to keep up with progress, like, is it get, is it going to get to a point where we all, we all have to do it? Otherwise we fall, we fall behind, we fall behind in like a drastic way. Like when you think about smartphones and compare it to like a flip phone, it's night and day, man. It's not even, it's, it's barely the same tool. It's smartphones today are barely the same tool as like the first generation iPhone. And I think like if you don't have a smartphone in, in today's day and age, like you're, you're put at a, a disadvantage in a lot of ways. And, and some may argue if you don't have a smartphone these days, maybe you're put at an advantage. Uh, it just all depends on how you look at it. But think of this before, before we get out of here, think about this nightmare. You, you, you do Neuralink. You have this, this, uh, thing implanted into your brain and, and, uh, some, uh, there's a kill switch that exists now to where if you step out of line you are able to be turned off or or limited or restricted or controlled like it 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 has the capability to be utilized as the most ultimate controlling device like imagine a world where prisons don't need to be a thing where if you break the law they they force you to have a neuralink like device embedded in your brain and anytime and it, and it registers anytime you have any sort of nefarious or criminal thought and it it automatically just shuts you down. You just collapse. You know? <laughs> and they'll and they'll take that and run with it in every direction you can imagine. It's it was a fun idea when it was still science fiction-y, but now that it's that it's on the precipice of definitely being a reality it's become a little scary a little worrisome and i was super on board and now i'm not so sure and and soon again much 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 sooner than later there's going to be a human who 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 is able to control computer interfaces with their brain. Like that person's going to exist shortly. And then more people are going to exist like that. And like the iPhone, that technology is just going to double itself in, you know, in, uh, in every way. 
rapidly. Every, every time it improves, it's going to like progress twofold. And how far does that go? And when, and when is enough enough? And is there enough? Like, I don't know, man. We are, we're definitely coming up to a, uh, to a place where we, we may be some of the last naturally biological uh, humans. Anyway, <laughs> go, go sleep on that now. Uh, well, definitely, I'll definitely be repeating myself over and over again with that, like I like I did with everything else in this episode on on future episodes. But it's here, it's here. AI, Neuralink, it's it's thing things that we're gonna have to adopt now. AI, there's certain aspects of AI that we're that's if you're in a creative space, um, it's unavoidable. You need to adopt. You need to know how to use it at least. Um, then the the Neuralink thing. I'm I'm really. I'm I'm cautiously excited to. Uh, like, what if they do that? Like, what if that first person that opts in to to having this done, they just explode. You know, <laughs> like they just kill, kill over or, or that one person becomes superhuman and that's, that's the person that, that overtakes the world like that. That's like a horror movie, you know, like the first person to, to be bestowed with this, this ability, uh, snaps and becomes some sort of overlord and no one else, no one else gets to, uh, to join the the Neuralinked, the Neuralinked, and it's just this one person, and they just overthrow everything. <laughs> There's so many, so many science fiction possibilities that are so no longer out of the realm of possibility. So while you still can, <laughs> and while you're while you're still forced to do it, the the uh, stone age way before you can th just think about it um using a smartphone or laptop or computer of any kind leolegacy.com every episode of this podcast is brought to you by skeleton crew go to leolegacy.com slash shop or skeleton crew brand.com that's c-r-u-e like motley crew but skeletons and uh help help us keep this all afloat. I mean, this is all I do now. This is, this is, this is my only, my only, my current, my current, currently my only, uh, my job is this. So, uh, I don't do a Patreon thing. I don't do any subscription things. I don't do anything like that. I, I just, if, if you are so inclined to show some, fiscal support well go and shop go shop you know 
It's not a donation sort of thing. It's not a subscription sort of thing. Go and pick yourself up something fun. Uh, I got just, you know, mostly apparel, mostly shirts, mostly accessories, all, all things Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew is our Leo Legacy lifestyle brand, and it's just, you know, any, any, any kind of product that, that I concoct or come up with is, will be through the Skeleton Crew brand. And uh, it's currently the most um, effective, financially effective way to, to help support what we got going on here. Uh, but, but if you are not in a position to where uh, spending a little cash is the wisest of options. Uh, I just ask that maybe, uh, you know, convince somebody else who will <laughs> spread the word, spread the word, tell people about this. If you like the podcast, if you like the cartoon commentaries, if you like anything I'm doing, just, just spread it. The old, the old fashioned punk rock way, word of mouth, tell others, uh, leave comments, likes, reviews, follow us on social media, leolegacy.com. Um, I'm no longer solely devoted to YouTube. Um, I've been doing some, uh, I've been doing the cartoon commentaries where now I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, I've did, I've, I've, I'm kind of devoted at the moment to doing some of the commentaries on uh, the Disney World War II era and the propaganda, World War II propaganda shorts that they would do. Uh, one of the most, um, one, one of the, the, the cartoons I was so looking forward to providing commentary for and one of the most impactful uh, cartoons from that era uh, was blocked on YouTube by Disney and it was automatically blocked. I don't think Disney like reviewed it and said, no, we're not going to let them do it. No, it was just in their algorithm. They said, no, we're, you know, the, the, the copyright owner uh, is not allowing this to be shown on your channel in whatever territories. Well, I, 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 uh, I, I disapprove. I disapprove. Uh, even if they blocked like monetization on it or whatever, I think that's fine. I don't care. I got other, I got other, other things on YouTube that I can monetize and, and pull ad revenue in from, but to block it entirely was a little, a little much for me. Like, it's like, I'm not, I'm not just taking your cartoon and putting it on my channel to cash in. Like I'm providing, I'm adding to it. You know what I mean? Like it's not the hardest of work by providing commentary to this. What is it? You know, 70, 80 year old cartoon. Um, but yeah, so I still got it up though. I still got it up. Uh, so if you want to see the things that YouTube that I'm not able to post on YouTube, well, we're also available on rumble and that rumble rumble.com it's like an alternative to youtube and uh twitter twitter has has opened up the it's the video space like you've always could post video to twitter but 
uh, for Twitter blue, like the blue checkmark people, um, they, there's an option now where you, they, they've added a, the ability to um, upload more uh, expansive video content. So I can start putting the podcasts on on Twitter as well, but yeah, Twitter Twitter is definitely going to become in a a um, a video viewing source, much like YouTube. So if if YouTube's your jam, well, I got a I got a bunch of stuff there on YouTube. But moving forward, there's there's also going to be a lot of things that you know if I'm not able to put it on YouTube, you can go find it elsewhere. So uh, go scope it out. Give us a follow everywhere, a like, a comment your favorite podcast platform of choice do the same leave a review just just interact just tell your friend you know help 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 me get this ball of rolling you know what i mean uh ultimately i would appreciate that even more than you shop in our store because the more people who know about this uh the more potential customers there may be so any anything anything to help and and even if you don't want to tell anybody else you want to you want to you want to bogart what what we got going on here and keep it your your little secret uh that's cool too whatever but i just implore you as 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 a singular entity to at the very least follow us on your favorite social media platforms and and i've made it real easy i've made it real easy for you on on all social media it's leal legacy l e A-L, which hand is it? Boom. L-E-A-L, legacy. And uh, Skeleton Crew is Skeleton Crew F-C. No space. Just Skeleton Crew F-C. That stands for Skeleton Crew Fight Club. (laughs) Skeleton Crew Fight Club. Uh, Booyaka. Shout out Ray Mysterio. Yeah, so I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Until next time, right now, the family and I are down in Walt Disney World. I am collecting content footage and other things on our trip that I will utilize for future podcasts and watch along commentaries, vlogmas, all. So there's going to be a whole slew of new Disney centric uh, content to come. So if you are of the Disney persuasion, if you are a Disney nerd, keep a lookout for that. And even if you're not, even if you just like to hear me run my mouth well, there's going to be more than just this. Wow, this is really cool. Why haven't I done this before? Anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time. Adios.